Open your Bibles to Mark, the chapter 10, chapter 10, Mark, chapter 10, and I want you to find verse 46, Mark 10, 46. You know, the Bible, this, you know, this is a book and you know what it's, who it's all about. Now, I know that uh, we know God as Jehovah, Yahweh, and He is the Father, God the Father. Many names, Jehovah Rophe, the God that heals, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. And we see the Father, the sovereign, omnipotent God all over this Bible. But you know, this book really, from from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation is pointing to us to Jesus. The time that when God would be incarnated in the womb of the Virgin Mary and come into this world as Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. In Adam and Eve, when God made the skins after they sinned, we see a picture of Jesus. When Abel brought his sacrifice to God, and God accepted, which was a sacrifice, and the blood was shed, God accepted it. And all through the Old Testament, and all through the New Testament, as Dr. Criswell said, there's a scarlet thread. This book is all about Jesus, I'm telling you. And the purpose of this book is to bring you to Jesus. The Bible is not an end in itself. Jesus one time said, you search the Scriptures. But you will not come to me that you might have life. And so you need to understand that this book's purpose is for you to get to know Jesus and for you to come to him, whatever your need is. Oh, yeah, there are directions for us about life and death and everything. But it's still all about how Jesus is sufficient for anything that we face and that he is to be our life. You know, Jesus spoke to the multitudes. He fed 5,000 men at one time with five loaves and two fishes. Hey, he spoke to the multitudes. But Jesus spent most of his time with 12 men, his disciples. One of them betrayed him. But you know what I love about the Bible is those one-on-one encounters that Jesus had with people. I'm thankful for all he said to the multitudes and for him pouring his life into disciples who were led by the Spirit to transform this world. But man, just to see Jesus one-on-one talking to a person, dealing with a person, ministering to a person, it's absolutely awesome. And, And by the way, that's the way Jesus deals with us. By the Holy Spirit, one-on-one. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus in us. It's Christ in us. And He deals with us one-on-one. One-on-one. I guess my favorite passage of Jesus and a one-on-one encounter with a person is in Mark chapter 10. And it's His encounter with Bartimaeus. So you have your Bible open. And, and I just pray that you'll listen with your heart to the Word of God. This is Jesus having a one-on-one encounter 
with Bartimaeus. Verse 46 of Mark 10. Now they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Now we know this is not a parable. We know this is a real live encounter because he's told us who Bartimaeus' father was. All right? And when he heard that he... Uh, Brian Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This morning, I want you to know, I was thinking before I walked up here, I am so thankful for the mercy of God that God does not give us what we deserve. That through the cross and the shed blood of Jesus, if we got justice, it'd be all over. But God deals with us in mercy. And evidently Bartimaeus knew that. So he cries, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, then many warned him, warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Listen to me carefully. You can't stop a desperate person from getting to Jesus. You can't stop him. You say, well, Brother Fred, I'm having trouble getting to Jesus. Well, you need to be desperate. And you need to have a passion in your heart that nothing will stop you from having an encounter to Jesus. They said, but just be quiet, Bartimaeus. You're making a scene. Hey, you can't stop a desperate person from getting to Jesus. So Jesus stood still. So he cried out, and they said, well, be quiet. And he said, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. He stopped in his tracks, and he commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise. He is calling for you. He's calling you, Bartimaeus. He's calling you by name. He's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Now there's a question that Jesus asked in this passage that he's going to ask you, everyone, this morning when I get there. So he's going to ask you a question. And I want you to be as honest and sincere and genuine as you can when you answer that question. And I want you to answer it in a spirit of faith. Answer it with a spirit of faith when you answer that question. You see, there are two people in this story that we need to focus on. One, Bartimaeus. And two, Jesus. You know, the thing about Bartimaeus is this. He had a tremendous need in his life. You know, he had a great need. He was blind. You know, 
I've often thought of all the illnesses that a person can have. That the worst could be, I'm talking about an illness that goes on and on and on. I know how devastating cancer can be and how devastating Lou Gehrig's disease can be. I know that. And God have mercy on those that go through this and fight that battle. And, but, but I'm telling you to be blind. Perhaps he'd been blind all his life. The Bible doesn't say. But you know you're helpless when you're blind. You're helpless. You can't see to walk. You can't even see to go to the refrigerator and get food out of it. You can't see. And you know, that, that is an awesome, awesome need. To never see the sun rise, never see the sunset, the beauty of the ocean, the beauty of the flowers, the beauty of the birds, the beauty of the earth that God created. And you're totally dependent on others. Totally dependent on others. Bartimaeus was blind. You didn't have to tell him he had a need. He was reminded every day as he went to the, to the gates of Jericho and sat down there and begged. You didn't have to tell him he had a need. Blindness is a great need. But let me tell you something. Every one of us here today, we, we have not only a need, but we have needs. You know the greatest need of every human being on the face of this earth, regardless of where they live and regardless of their economic, educational status. You know the greatest need in the world for any human being is this, that they have a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's one thing to be physically blind because if you meet Jesus, you'll be able to see when you get to heaven. But it's another thing to be spiritually blind because if you don't meet Jesus, then you'll never see and you'll spend the rest of your life in eternal darkness in a place called hell. Do you understand the desperate need of a person to be, have a born-again experience with the Lord Jesus Christ? For every person to come to know Jesus in repentance of their sin and personal faith in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. There's a need for people have physical needs. And they have emotional needs. And they have other needs. But I am telling you there's no need in this world. Like knowing Jesus Christ personally. Knowing that he's forgiven your sins. And that he lives in your heart. And that his eye is not only on the sparrow, but his eye is on you. And he is your Savior, and he is your Lord, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And nothing can separate you from his love. Oh, there are many needs, but there's no need that compares to the need of being saved from your sins and get the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ so you'll be ready to live and prepared to die. Bartimaeus had a need. You and I have needs. Some of us need to be saved. Some here need to be healed. Some here need the healing of a broken heart. Some need the healing of relationships that have been severed by bitterness or anger or rejection. Oh, there are all kinds of needs in here today. You say, well, I'm saved, Brother Fred, but I, I, I've got this need, and I understand. And Jesus knows, and Jesus cares. But you know, here's the second thing about Bartimaeus. And boy, this is where you really get into a tremendous uh, 
a revelation of, of our relationship, and that is he believed Jesus could meet his need. It's called faith. It's called faith. The, the, the greatest enemy we battle is unbelief. Unbelief. And I'm going to tell you, in the time that we're living and in the days to come, if you don't know how to walk in faith, trusting the Lord Jesus for everything in your life, I'll tell you, if you don't know how to walk in faith, you'll be paralyzed by fear. But you know, Bartimaeus believed that Jesus could meet his need. He believed it. In fact, I wonder how. Now, you've got to think about this. How did he know who Jesus was? Oh, I know he'd heard about him because he knew that it was Jesus of Nazareth. But, you know, you know that's, this is what he said that blew me away. He said, Jesus, now get this, son of David, not son of Joseph, not son of Mary. Jesus, son of David. David had lived and died hundreds of years before. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, he knew who Jesus was because any Jewish person, Knew the son of David was the Messiah, born of the seed of the woman. They knew that that was the Messiah. And that the Messiah would come and he would be the, the son of David. And he would establish a kingdom and a throne. So Bartimaeus not only believed Jesus could meet his need, but he knew who he was. You know, a lot of people don't know who Jesus is. They think, think he's just a great teacher or a great educator or... Uh, was a great influence and, uh, on the world. But you know, they don't understand that he's the son of David. That he is God manifest in the flesh. Supernatural birth. Hallelujah. Who lived a supernatural life. He never sinned. Who died a supernatural death. And was raised supernaturally from the grave. Raised supernaturally into heaven. And sitting supernaturally at the right hand of the Father. Let me tell you something. There's no one in the world like Jesus Christ. But many people just don't know who he is. But Bartimaeus did. Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. Boy, I'll tell you. We, we need, and, and, and he just believed Jesus. And I want to tell you what you need to do this morning. You need to believe that Jesus can meet your needs. You need to believe that. You believe Jesus can meet other people's needs. But really when it comes down to you, you just don't have faith. What happens to you is you look at your circumstances and you look at that mountain in front of you. And it is a big mountain. And we always have mountains in our life. And we can't climb over them and we can't go through them. Don't have the strength to go around them. And we look at that mountain. And instead of looking at the God who created that mountain, we focus on the mountain. And when it gets right down to it, you say, well, I know Jesus can do it for others, but I don't know. Well, he just can't do it for me. Well, you know why he can't do it for you? Because you don't believe he can. You've got to believe he can. It all starts with faith. And you can ask God to give you the gift of faith. Say, Lord, I want to believe. Hey, let me tell you a great thing to pray. Lord, I believe. I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe. But you've got to help my unbelief because I'm in a battle to believe in this situation. 
Bartimaeus believed that Jesus could meet his needs. Well, I'll just say this, that uh, he was desperate. Are you desperate today? They told him to be quiet. Bartimaeus, don't, don't. You're creating a scene. You're creating a scene. Bartimaeus cried that more aloud. Oh, Jesus, son of David, meet my needs. Now, let me tell you something. I pray that God will give you a holy desperation in your life that you will believe that Jesus can meet that need in your life, the battle you're fighting, that he'll give you such a holy desperation that you will not let go. I I talked to a man after the Bible study on Wednesday night. By the way, we have a wonderful time on Wednesday night. That's just my favorite time. And we just, it's just, it's just, just wonderful. But, but this is what he told me. And he was as honest and sincere as he could. He said, Brother Fred, I've reached a level in my Christian life. And he said, I'm telling you, I cannot stay there. And I believe that God is working in me to take me to the next level. And said, and boy, you could just tell that the Spirit of God had stirred him. And the Spirit of God was working in him. He, he knew the Lord had been saved now for about 12 years. And he showed me a picture on the phone before he was saved. And, and you talk about wicked and ungodly looking. I said, I can't believe it. Then he had another picture of him at the bottom of the phone. And I said, I can't believe that's the same man. It can't, it's no way. You, and, and he said, well, for 30 years I was addicted to drugs. But I tell you, man... <laughs> God transformed him and from the most wicked looking man I've ever seen to one of the sweetest looking man I've ever seen. But you know what he said? I can't stay where I am. I am desperate to go on with God. I've got to know him better. I've got to know him more. And I've got to have more of his power. I cannot think that God would put me on the shelf. I tell you, I said to myself, what a, he was desperate. He said, brother Fred, I'm desperate. I said, well, I'll tell you one thing. You're going to have a breakthrough in your life spiritually. God's going to take you to another level. Because that desperation comes from God that he put in your life. But here's the third thing I want us to see. We took a picture of, uh, had a glimpse of Bartimaeus, how needy he was. And how that somehow a spirit of faith had risen in his heart. And he believed that Jesus could meet his need. You know, I'm, I failed to mention this. But let me tell you why. I'll tell you what I think happened to him. I think one day he was sitting by the side of the road outside of Jericho and a person came by and said, Bartimaeus, did you hear what happened to a man over in the next city? He said, what's that? Oh, you hadn't heard? He said, what are you talking about? He said, Bartimaeus, there was a man that was blind from his birth. And Jesus of Nazareth went to that man who was blind from his birth, and he said, well, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And you know what he did, Bartimaeus? He told that blind man to get some dirt, to spit it in and make it into clay, and to put it on his eyes, and go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And you know, Bartimaeus, he did. And immediately... His eyes was open. Bartimaeus said, it's never been heard that a man was blind from his birth could see. He said, oh, yeah. In fact, the Pharisees went to him and said, are you the man? He said, yeah, I'm the man. He said, were you blind? Yes, I am. He said, did did you say that Jesus healed you? He said, yes, I did. 
Well, why don't you say he didn't heal you? Because he did. And you know, I think when that guy told Bartimaeus about that blind man that Jesus had healed, I believe that faith began to rise in his heart and said, buddy, if he ever comes this way, if ever Jesus ever passes this way, I guarantee you I'm going to be there. And I'm going to cry out to him. And if he did it for him, he could do it for me. And then let's move on and look at Jesus. Did you, can I tell you something? This is one of the most beautiful pictures of Jesus in the Bible. I'm telling you it is. It might, you might not seem that to you, but to me it is. All right, so they said to Bartimaeus, uh, Jesus heard him call it. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And if you look in your Bible at verse uh, uh, 49, there are four words that ought to say speak to your heart in a, in a special way. Okay, Jesus is moving out of Jericho. There's a crowd of people pushing him, and, and, and he's headed somewhere, and they're shoving him and going. You know, everybody wanted to touch him. And the Bible says he heard the cry of Bartimaeus above the crowd, and it said that Jesus stood still. You say, big deal, Brother Fred. Oh, it is a big deal. Because I'm going to tell you, you know who Jesus stood still for? A blind beggar who had nothing to offer him, nothing to offer him but his life. You see, Jesus didn't stand still for the mayor of Jericho. He didn't stand still for some important, famous figure that everybody said, isn't that awesome? Boy, Jesus knew who he was and he stopped for him. No, listen to me. He stopped for a blind beggar. You know one of the devil's lies? Jesus loves others, but he doesn't love you. Oh, Jesus will help others, but he won't help you. You see, Brother Fred, I, I'm so insignificant. I'm nobody. I, I mean... Why, why would God, why would God love me? That just almost makes me cry. Why would God love me? Well, why would Jesus stop for me? Why would he come to me? Why would he visit me? Who am I? But you, let me tell you something. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Oh, I mean, Jesus just didn't come to die for big shots. He came to die for no shots, whatever that means. <laughs> Listen, that thrills my heart. That thrills my heart. That Jesus stood still for a blind beggar. And you know what that tells me? Don't you believe that lie anymore? That you're not, a, not significant to God in the sense that God created you in his image. And he loves you. And he has a purpose for you. And he loves you as much as anybody in the whole world. You said, that can't be, Brother Fred. I've been so bad. I've been so wicked. I've done so many things. And you don't know all the junk that's in my life. Hey, all I know is all Bartimaeus was was blind. He had nothing to offer Jesus but his life. And that's what you can do. Nothing in my hand I bring. 
simply to the cross, I cling. Oh, the devil loves to lie to people. You may have been rejected when you were a child. You may have never had a relationship with your father. It may have been that all through high school and others, you were rejected and you've got this idea that I'm a misfit and I'll never fit and, and, and God wouldn't be interested in me. God's only interested in the people who've got it all together. Would you listen to me? Nobody's got it all together. Nobody. If you think you have, you need to repent and get right with God. Say, Brother Fred, don't you have it together? I've never had it together. The only one that can put it together is Jesus. But you understand what this says to us today. When Jesus stood still for a blind beggar, shows me the heart of God. God loves you. Do you understand? He loves you. And he listens to you. And he wants you to call on his name. He wants you to. That's his heart. He didn't leave heaven and come and die on the cross. Just for a few he did for you. Would you listen to the heart of God? Jesus stood still. And then notice the next thing that Jesus did. He called him. He called him. Jesus called him. Verse 49 and verse 50. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, he's calling you. Can I say something to you this morning? You're not here by accident. I want to say to you on the authority of the word of God, be of good cheer. Jesus is calling for you. He's calling for you. You say, now, Brother Fred, I done told you he stood still for a blind beggar. That God's no respect for persons. You get that out of your head that he wouldn't call you. you you've got to get beyond that, 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 that sense of, uh, of, of rejection and, and, and guilt and shame. And understand that Jesus died. Jesus didn't see you at your best and die for you. Jesus saw you at your worst and still went to the cross and took your place. And Jesus called for him. Rise, be of good cheer. He's calling for you. This morning, I believe he's calling for you. If you're lost, I know he's calling for you to be saved. If you're backslidden and away from God, he's calling for you. If you're discouraged and about to give up, he's calling for you. If you're sick and battling illness, he's calling for you. If you have a broken heart, he's calling for you. Whatever your situation is, would you be of good cheer? Jesus is calling for you. I want to thank God he called for me when I wasn't calling for him. I thank God that even now, when I'm preoccupied, he'll call. And you can think of all the times that Jesus, you, it's not an audible voice, but it's the Spirit of God. And he says, I'm calling for you. Man, what, what a blessing. Jesus called for him. But you know, um, there's a strange thing in this passage. And I don't think there's anything in the Bible that's just there by accident. <laughs> Why did Mark, and Peter was a 
basically was a source for, for, for Mark's gospel because Peter was there all the time when things were going on. Why did Mark put this in here? I want you to listen in verse 50. It says, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling for you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Now, I want to ask you this. Why did it tell us that he took off his coat? In fact, he threw aside his garment. It's like he just picked it up and just threw it. It's what it says, it threw aside his garment. Let me tell you one thing. You, you see, it, it does get cold at times in Jericho. Most of the climate over there is not. But it, it gets cold in Jericho. But more than that, you know why they wore those long coats. You know why they did. Because of the dust. They had no paved roads. Zero. And so they would wear these long coats to keep the dust off of them. You know, And that's why they'd take their sandals off when they went in somebody's house or, and wash their feet or something. Because no matter where they went, their feet got dirty because... It's all dust everywhere. So this was probably the only garment he had. I don't think he went home and looked and he couldn't look because he was blind. I don't think he went home and went to the closet and asked somebody, how many coats have I got? He, I, I think it's the only one he had. But you know why I think he took it off? And why I believe he threw it aside? Was well, because when he stood up, and it was a long garment, and I think he got tangled up in it. Tangled up in it. And it was hindering him. He was tripping. And he said, man, and he just took it off so there wouldn't be anything to hinder him from coming to Jesus, and he threw it aside. I know exactly how that happens. Because at times I wear a robe to, when I marry people. Because I don't want to put on one of those tuxedos that choke you to death. I wear a robe. You know, I never found one that fits. But anyway, I, and I'll be going to go up the steps, you know, and I, I'll step on that thing every time and about fall flat on my face. That's why when people get married, we, you have to tell the bride, you better pick up your dress when you're coming up where you can walk up or you're going to fall flat on your face. And have you ever noticed, they'll do it if they don't because they've got those long dresses on. Bartimaeus knew that that garment was keeping him from getting to Jesus. And he wasn't going to let anything. Let me ask you something. And this is a serious question. This is a heart-searching question. What is it in your life that is hindering you from coming to Jesus? He's calling for you. What is it? Brother Fred, I'd come to Jesus, but. You know, I'd come to Jesus, but. Now, what is it? I know some people don't want to come to Jesus because they love their sin so much. They just love their sin. And I ain't about to give up my sin. Well, then you're not going to come to Jesus. Some people are holding on to bitterness. And that's hindering them from coming to Jesus. Some are holding on to unforgiveness. Some are, 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 are holding on to past hurts. 
And, and it keeps them from ever getting a step. They, they start making the first step toward Jesus, and something from the past rises up and trips them, and they fall flat on their face. What is it that's keeping you from coming to Jesus? What is it? What stands in the way? You've started many times toward him, but then you'd get so far, and you'd go no further. I never will forget this story, and I'm not, I'm just telling you, it's awful. It is awful, but I'm going to tell you an example of what can, a garment that can keep you from coming to Jesus. They had a a faith evangelism uh, emphasis in this church, and they would go out uh, in teams of three, and they would go visit people and would present them the gospel and tell them how Jesus Christ died for their sins and how that if they would repent change their mind, I'm willing to, for God to change me and come to Jesus, they could be saved. And how Jesus would come into their life and forgive them and they'd become a new creation. And they presented this uh, plan of salvation, the uh, way of salvation to this woman. And she listened to it all and, and they talked about God's forgiveness and how great it was. And she said, well, <clears throat> let me ask you a question. You talked about God's forgiving me, and therefore i got to forgive others. So you're telling me that if I come to Jesus, I've got to walk in forgiveness toward any person that's hurt me. They said, that's right, you have. And these were her words. There's an individual that I'll die and go to hell before I forgive her. That was her exact words. And you know what? She will. See, she couldn't get bound. That garment tripped her up. And she would meant that. She, she'd, she'd just never get to Jesus because she wouldn't forgive that individual. Can I ask you something? Don't, don't let anything keep you from coming to Jesus. It's not worth it. Listen, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? You know, you, you know what could keep some people from coming to Jesus? The love of riches, the love of money. You know what Jesus said? It's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. And the disciples said, well, can they not be saved? Jesus said, look, with God all things are possible. But I'll tell you something. You know the danger of riches? I believe God blesses us so that we can bless others. And I think if God has blessed you to make a lot of money, you ought to praise God and ask God how you can be a blessing to others with it. And, and, and I know many people that do that, and, and may their tribe increase. I'm not against people being prosperous. But I, I'm going to tell you something. Wealth gives you a false security. It gives you a false security. The Bible says, warn them that are rich in this world not to trust in their uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives them all things richly to enjoy. So he, he took off his garment. Jesus called him, and, and rising, he took off his garment, and he came to Jesus. So Jesus stood still for him, and Jesus called him. Now here's the verse. Look at verse 51. This is the question he's going to ask you. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Now, don't think for one moment 
Jesus didn't know what he wanted him to do. Jesus knew he was blind. When he got right in Jesus' face, Jesus knew he was blind. Jesus knew what he wanted. It wasn't a question. that He, he knew what he wanted. Listen to me. But, but he asked him. He said, now, I want you to tell me what you want me to do for you. And Bartimaeus, he knew exactly what he wanted. He said, oh, that I might receive my sight. That I might receive my sight. But you know, he had to believe Jesus could do it. And he had to receive what Jesus could do for him. So Jesus asked him the question so that Bartimaeus would confess that I might receive my sight. And what he was saying, Lord, is I believe you can do it. And I'll receive it. See, if you believe and don't receive, what good is the believing? Believing and you receive by faith what you believe. Lord, that I might receive my sight. Bartimaeus didn't say, well, you just bless me any way you want to, Lord. How many times do we pray, Lord, bless me? Why don't, he says, well, why don't you be specific? Let me tell you where you, tell me where you want me to bless you. Help me, Lord. He said, well, be specific and tell me where you want me to help you. Bartimaeus said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Now, I had a fellow tell me this. This, this has been recently. He came to me after a terrible accident. And he'd received some severe damage to his face. And he showed me a picture of after the severe damage. And then the other picture after he got over it. And I didn't even know who won what the severe damage was. But then he showed me. And, and there he was sitting beside him. He said, in front of me, he said, that's me. And he told me how God had healed him of that severe damage in his face. But he said this. Now I want you to listen to what he said. He said, I had a serious illness before, and I didn't ask God to heal me because I had no trouble praying for God to heal others, but I, I didn't want to be selfish. And so I didn't feel comfortable asking God to heal me. But now God did anyway, and he got over that disease. But he said, in this case where my face was crushed, I said, Lord, I just want you to, I want to ask you. Jesus was saying to him, what can I do for you? He said, Lord, I, I, I want you to heal my face. And you know, the Lord did in a short time. It was just went back to the doctor and said, all the fractures are gone. They're two little hairline fractures and they are straight and they'll heal themselves. And within a week, he was completely, his face was completely restored. I saw the picture before and the picture after, and he was sitting right in front of me. But you know, he got specific. Lord, what do you want me to do for you? Now, let me ask you a question. Here's a question he's asking you. Now, you forget anybody else is in here but you and Jesus. Nobody else but just you. Now, just you. Now, this is what he's asking you. What do you want me to do for you? But, Brother Fred, I, I don't feel good about asking God to do anything for me. Well, let me ask you a question. Who, who did the offer? Jesus did. He said to Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus said, would you please do that? Uh-uh. He said, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? That was the son of God asking him. And let me just tell you one thing. God loves you enough that he will ask you. He will ask you. He will ask you. He says, listen, what is it that you want me to do for you?
Well, just bless me, Lord. He says, no, be specific. 